Brandy, uh, thank you for coming yeah. and talking to us and sort of reuniting. Yeah. Because I haven't been. seen you in, I don't know, a year? Yeah, probably. No, well, well, last fall, last yeah, fall. we did when you had your um, meeting here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So tell me what's been going on. Well, um, we are just finishing school, so that's a great and glorious, wonderful thing. Um, And for you, that means homeschool. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, we've been good. We um, So, you know, as you know, Mike and I, this will be celebrating our 20th year this year. So that's fun. And um, Isaac just finished his freshman year, so he'll be Mm -hmm. a sophomore. Mm -hmm. And Grace and Luke, um, they are going up together into seventh grade. Okay. So I have all big ones now, and um, yeah. and it's just been really good. Um, real estate has been going well, and um, I am making a transition. Um, I've always been the director of the little ones at our co-op, and now I'll be teaching the 10th graders. Okay. So that'll wow. be a big difference. <laughs> what will you be teaching? So it's basically I have all the subjects. So, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> All awesome. Of them. Yeah. So Latin and English and math and science, biology. So yeah. that'll be next year. Mm-hmm. You'll do that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yes, I'm just enjoying summer now. <laughs> yeah. Getting yeah. the most out of it. Yeah. So have y'all had any trips to the beach lately? <laughs> <laughs> we love the beach. And um, so we'll go down for just a day. So that's what we did recently. Like, we'll just get up in the morning and pack a big cooler and go for the day and come back. So we did actually just do that. Um, planning on going in the fall. That's usually when we go mm-hmm. to. So we, um, but we like to go just whenever we can just drop everything and go. Yeah. Well, and uh, for people that might be listening to this, we live how many hours from the beach? You can get to Pensacola in three and a half. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, if you don't stop. Yeah, if you don't uh, stop, you can go. So, so we're, we're not exactly, you know, super close right. to the beach, but right. I grew up in the Memphis area, and uh, we were eight hours from yeah. the beach. But we would go every summer, you know, just load up and go. Yeah. Load up the station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike was from Tennessee, so he they did, the, I mean, it was eight hours, whether you went to the, you know, east coast or right. down south, so yeah. it was eight hours no matter what. I'm like, three and a half, oh. <laughs> I know, and living in Birmingham, uh, you really can take a weekend trip to the beach, mm-hmm. and it's relaxing. Yes. yes. So, well, that's cool. So, uh, what? How do I phrase this? What's the Lord been doing in your life? <laughs> uh, well, it's funny. Um, I don't ever ask for a word, you know, like at the beginning of the year, you know, I know some people do and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But um, the word that he gave me this year was connect. Okay. And so that's just where I've been as far as um, really just taking in people and him and like, how do you truly connect with somebody versus um, maybe just being superficial mm-hmm. or maybe just a high there or whatever, but truly figuring out how to connect with other people. And I mean, you can only do that through the power of Jesus because Mm -hmm. he knows them intimately and he knows us. And so then we can, you know, connect with them. But um, that's really where he's had me like, you know, what, what in this situation, how can I connect with Tricia? How can I connect with Marianne? Or if I'm in a grocery store and there's a lady checking me out or whatever, um, like, how can I connect with her just for a mo- It doesn't have to be anything major, but just for a moment to let her know that she's seen. Yes. That she's yeah. cared about. Yeah. Well, um, I always uh, think of, you know, he gives us the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. So there must have been something in you that was ripe to receive mm-hmm. that word. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, what precipitated that, do you think? Well, I think um, going on 20 years of marriage Things can get comfortable and usual and, um, you know, just not mundane, but just it's the typical daily life. And Mm -hmm. um, I found myself like we were existing together and, I mean, living life like we weren't unhappy by any stretch of the imagination, Mm -hmm. but like um, to get intimate with my husband, not that way, but intimate in um, like just connecting with him mentally and spiritually Um, I felt like we were just like that was on the back burner because mm-hmm. we have kids and we have school and we have jobs and we have all these other things. Right. 
And so that was just where I was. Like I wanted to be able to connect with him, um, you know, mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like maybe some of that had gotten pushed aside because we were doing other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that really uh, dovetails (laughs) into, uh, you know, what what I want to talk about today uh, and, and this is, you know, how, do, how did this, the topic of the podcast come about? Well, it comes about, but, uh, very, this is, this is, doesn't sound like a very spiritual way to do it, but I just felt like it was the way the Lord led me. And that is just to take my prayer journal notes from this week, from this week last year and from this week, the year before. And that narrows it down to about 21 topics, uh, which I go through and I think, well, which, you know, what, what, what do I feel the Spirit's leading uh, as far as like, do, are some of these similar, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's interesting to see the themes through the years mm-hmm. uh, that have been on my heart and it's particularly the last few, maybe three years or so, but, um, Intimacy. Mm-hmm. Intimacy is the actually the topic that I wanted to talk about, particularly intimacy with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more we experience his love mm-hmm. and the connection mm-hmm. with him, and, and of course we know we'll never be separated from him, and you you're in union with him forever, right? right. Nothing will ever break it. Right. But there are times that you don't sense his presence. You don't. You're not aware of it. You're not mm-hmm. conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Well, because other things happen. You get distracted, mm-hmm. and and yet uh, there are times where I feel like he calls us back, mm-hmm. not. That we got separated, right. but calls us back to to experiencing yes. intimacy. Yes. And and I I wouldn't be surprised if that's not what, what's been going on with mm-hmm. you is that experience you have with Jesus mm-hmm. has led you to want to be connected mm-hmm. to His body in particular. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. And then uh, to the world to see with His eyes. Mm-hmm. You know. So, what do you think about that? (laughs) I I just love what you were saying and just being so intentional with friendships and relationships and even just those you come in contact with because I think it is so important in a world where it's so busy, busy, busy Mm -hmm. and go and you may just run into a store and run out but to actually Mm -hmm. take a moment and connect with someone because that is the heart of the Father to Mm -hmm. see that person, to acknowledge them. And two, I, when I'm checking out, I always think I have an opportunity here to either just breeze right through or at least make some type of a connection to bless somebody's day. Mm -hmm. So whether that's I look them in the eye and say, I hope you have a really great day the rest of the day or or something like that. But that might be just what they needed at that moment is the smiling face to just look them in the eye because all day they've had people (laughs) not looking them in the eye and just swiping a credit card or whatever it may be. Well... I'm hearing this, these kinds of words are, are popping up. Look into their eyes, mm-hmm. smiling face. Mm-hmm. Another one that's coming to mind is say, t- say their name. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of times people out there in, in the world have a name tag on, yes. you know, or we can ask them what their name is. So, uh, and I, I told the story of praying for a lady who was in a wheelchair. And um, I didn't even think to ask her her name, but she asked me what my name was after I prayed for her. This was just at Walmart. And uh, her name was Autumn. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I was like, somebody really loves you mm-hmm. that they named you Autumn. Mm-hmm. And we do these uh, personalized scripture cards, and so I see all these names. And some of them are so different, you know. <laughs> but um, but I think, wow, somebody really loved that that baby girl or that right. boy. Now they're grown ups, most of them. But um, a name. There's a lot in that. Mm-hmm. We think about what we name our kids. Mm-hmm. And and um, my my name is Patricia. It means noble one. Mm. What do you know? What your name means? <laughs> I 
I've looked in every source you could come up with, and my name only means an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> like every brandy. Si- brandy. Okay, it's, it's an alcoholic beverage, and that like it doesn't matter everywhere I've looked. It, that's it. <laughs> well, what what does that make you think of? Um, well, I, it makes me chuckle to wonder what my parents were thinking when they did name me that. <laughs> but, I mean, I think what really it triggers is the song. Um, and it's, I don't know how old it is, but it's like, Brandy, you're a fine girl. <laughs> so I go with that versus, you know, the actual definition of my well, name. When you said alcoholic beverage, remind me of Jesus' first miracle. Yeah. Huh. yeah turning me too. That's turning the I water of the wine. Exactly. And the wine represents bringing joy. Yeah. So, I, Brandy, I think we can substitute that for joy I like it yes for sure I that one that was exactly (laughs) what I thought when you said that um so and you that's what I think of when I think of you is smile you know happy joyful well thank you I'll take that definition yes (laughs) yeah and I, I think a lot of times you know uh the more we hear our name from Jesus yes um the more we become, you know, not we're already there, but as far as spiritually speaking, but, right. you know, noble one, noble one. I've been hearing that. So now hear joy, joy, yeah. joy, yeah. you know, and that is who you are, honestly. And I know you have a story about that because you told it mm-hmm. before about, you know, having some issues with depression and how was it overcome? Well, and, and I just, when I was looking through some of the notes and it was talking mm-hmm. about calling by name, and I remember, and it was 2018, which is what you were talking about, yep. and um, like I was really struggling hard. I had little kids, I mean, relatively little, and it was just overwhelming, and I constantly was aggravated with them, which then made me aggravated with myself, and then it was like this downward spiral, and I remember saying, Jesus, like, I cannot live like this, not one more day. Like, I can't do this. But he was like, and I think what it was, was like, you know, I'm, I'm yelling and I can't, I can't make myself stop and all this stuff. And um, he's like, Brandy, he called yeah. my name and yeah. he was like, that doesn't change how I feel about you. And I mean, it was like, that was so startling to me because we all judge people by our behavior, by their behaviors, mostly. Um, and so to know that I was in my worst and he was like, hey, Brandy, hmm. calling forth joy that I didn't know yeah. I, that was yeah. in there. And um, just saying, hey, what's going on right now doesn't change the way I feel about you. Mm-hmm. You hold on to that part, and I'll take care of the rest. And it it was a supernatural change in like because I could not control the negative behavior. I didn't control the positive behavior either. Like it was a mm-hmm. transformation on the inside sure. from him. Well, I met you right after that, I guess, you know, it was fresh and the revelation of grace that you had was so strong and this is how it came about, I guess. This is exactly how, I mean, you know, like I can see piece by piece where he, you know, Bible studies or different people kind of speaking into my life, Um, but like I wasn't getting it. But that day, Mm -hmm. literally sitting in my, you know, bedroom floor crying out because I can't stop what I'm doing. Yeah. Like that was, it was a revelational change immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Marianne, what is, what does Marianne mean? Um, I think Mary means bitter, mm-hmm. but I've always kind of in my head, I always think of it as it's redeemed because that was who the Lord chose to bring forth his son. Mm-hmm. So even though that's what the world may say, it means bitter. I actually don't think it does because the Lord says that it doesn't mean bitter. Yeah, well, right. his mom's name is Mary. That's, right? that's, that's what he, he used Mary to bring yeah. forth his son. Um, and then Anne is a derivative of Anna, which means grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Wow. So we have Mary Magdalene, who uh, was the first person that Jesus revealed himself to uh, when he was resurrected. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we have Mary of Bethany, who was, you know, she knew about the one thing needful, right? Which yes. was to hear his word. So there's some pretty awesome Marys. Yes, and the Lord has redeemed their, yes, beyond the meaning of their name Absolutely. in each situation. So if you have a name and you don't like what it means, the Lord has there redeemed that already. There you go. Oh, and then Anna, who devoted herself to prayer yes. in the temple. Yeah, that's when we named our daughter Anna, and that was why we named her Anna. Anna Collier. It was after right. the little woman in Luke. Mm-hmm. 
because I said uh, she had had a hard life. Uh-huh. She said she'd been widowed for decades. That's right. But she was the first to recognize that that was Jesus. And so I wanted Anna Collier to always be able to, in life, when things got gray, to always recognize Jesus and to look for Jesus. Wow. Because she spent her life looking for Jesus, Anna, in the book of Luke. Yes, that's right. She that's spent right. her life knowing he was coming and looking and waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So that was why I did that for her. Very cool. Wow. Well, uh, I'm going to read a few words of Jesus from John 10. He says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. On down it says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. You know, when he calls your name, that you know, when Mary, he, she said she thought he was the gardener, right? Mary Magdalene right, right. thought he was the gardener. And when he said her name, she knew who he mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And so when he said Brandy, mm-hmm. well, it's like you know him, right? Like you know on the inside, mm-hmm. it's like you, it's almost like walking through a fog whatever the circumstance is kind of swirling around for me at that time was depression and I couldn't get out of the fog. And it's like your friend or your husband or somebody taking you and kind of shaking you like, wake up, wake up. It was in the midst, I'm sorry, in the midst of that fog, um, he called my name and it woke me up out of where I was. Yeah. 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 Kind of like Mary Magdalene. She was just so distraught Mm -hmm. and he, he called her name and then, you know, everything just, you know, stopped for a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, and what, another cool thing about that story is she's obviously coming to, to embrace him, and he says, don't cling to me. Mm-hmm. He said, because I've got to ascend to the Father. He had to go be the first fruits. God had to receive him first. The Father had to receive him first. Then everybody else could receive him. Right. But um, now we are in his family, mm-hmm. right? And And... It's the perfect family. Yes. Where we're known. Right. Golly, if nobody else knows me, Jesus does, right? Amen. And welcomed and wanted, you know. I mean, so many people go through through life and maybe they weren't wanted in their family Mm -hmm. or maybe they weren't accepted for whatever reason. Um, But in his family, you're welcomed, you're wanted, you're approved Mm -hmm. of, you're loved just for being you. Yeah. I remember once uh, going to an Ole Miss football game, probably about 10 years ago, and um, I was just immersed in um, grace and all these scriptures and feeling such a, oh, just, I was on fire, you know, just felt the warmth of his presence all the time. Mm -hmm. And I go to this big old football game with tens of thousands of people, big, huge stadium, and uh, they're all cheering. And and I I just looked around, and I was like, all these people, and they all have a name, Mm -hmm. and God loves every single one of them. Mm -hmm. And then in in the midst of this moment where I'm looking at everybody else, I I hear my name, Mm -hmm. and I thought, if there was no one else in the whole wide world, he would have died for me. I'm the pearl mm-hmm. of great price that he bought the whole field for. Mm-hmm. and um, But he feels that way about everyone, doesn't he? Right, right. There's something special, so special about knowing. I think we always hear, oh, he died for us, he loves us. Mm-hmm. But then when you think about, he really, uh, you think about it this way. If you had grandparents and you know you're loved by your grandparents, but you had one grandparent that you know you are adored by that one grandparent, and that becomes your favorite, mm-hmm. and you have this special bond. That's how Jesus, it's not like you're just you're just loved. Mm-hmm. You are adored. Yeah. yeah. And he thinks of you as so special mm-hmm. and precious. Right, right. Because it's more than just, when they have the revelation of, I'm a 
just adored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am the yeah. apple of his eye yeah. and the object of his affections. Right, mm-hmm. right. That is life-changing. Well, and I think, too, what's really cool, you said this, is when that grandparent just lavishes all that love out on you, what does it make them? Their favorite it's Exactly, exactly. You know, and exactly. so when you know that he's pouring all that love out on you, then that makes him your favorite, too. Exactly. You know, and so it goes back to, like, it doesn't make you want to do opposite. It makes mm-hmm. you want to just love him more and yeah. do whatever he, you know, has in your heart to do. Yes, right? yes, absolutely. It goes on to say, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. You know, we rest secure in his hands, and I think that's part of, um, <clears throat> I think of this holding. Y'all ever heard of this hold? Like when someone is adopted um, maybe from a foreign country where they've just been left in an orphanage and no one's held them, and maybe they've, they've, they're three or four years old and someone comes to adopt them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't know how to receive love, mm-hmm. and they fight it. Yeah. But there's a, a thing uh, a friend of mine, Tammy Snell, told me about that she experiences sometimes where she just, she's, you know, ha- fighting sometimes, mm-hmm. but she just feels him holding her. Mm-hmm. And, the, and without letting go, without loosening, you know, just holding tight, holding close to his heart. And then you just relax, you know, mm-hmm. just, I feel like he... He is holding us, and um, sometimes it feels like we get away, but we never get away, do we? Right. (laughs) I want to just read Psalm 139. And, you know, this is a famous passage that people like to read over their babies, Mm -hmm. you know, and frame some of the verses in this passage. But I read it the last couple of days, and I'm like, this is talking about me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all my ways. I'm going to stop there for a second. Are all my ways perfect and good? Nope, not at all. (laughs) He knows. Right. Kind of reminds me of the woman at the well. He knew everything about her, but he loved her anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. That's a good study. The hand of God, mm-hmm. you know, laying his hand on us. It's always, it, it, it's a good thing. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So I, so he's saying, God knows everything about me, and it's too wonderful. We don't usually think about God knowing everything and it being wonderful, do we? Mm-hmm. No. we feel, but as a parent, of course, you feel that way about your children, mm-hmm. right? I, to know yeah. all these details about them and their personality. Mm-hmm. And you see it, and you see such wonderful. And yeah. It makes sense why he could look at us and still see wonderful. Yeah, right? yeah, and, and that's why we as moms can really relate to this, can't we? Mm-hmm. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body. 
All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? The thing that stands out to me the most is even the darkness is light to you. And, um, you know, like when I was in my situation, everything was dark and all I could see was dark. But what he could see was the whole sum of me put together from the beginning to the end. Like he could see me from beginning to end eternal with him. And, okay, it's a blip on the the (laughs) timeline, but... He could see that this this doesn't define you. This isn't who you are. This doesn't. This is not your future. Like I can see the whole thing. It's all light to me. So even in the midst of being in a small time frame, it's temporary. A small time frame where it all looked dark. It wasn't dark to him. Yeah. Wow. Which is awesome. Wow. Because he he has eyes that mm-hmm. see from the heavenly perspective. Mm-hmm. He knows the beginning from the end. Mm-hmm. We do, a, we have a, um, with our homeschool co-op, we have to do like a little training day or whatever. And one of the things is like a circle. And it's like all the different subjects and all the different subjects intertwine to each other. And then they all intertwine with God mm-hmm. too, being in the center. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the questions they always ask is, what do you see? Like, just what do you see? Words, you know, circles, whatever. But every time I look at that circle, You know, like I see linearly, like I was born here, I accomplished Mm -hmm. this by this date, I have kids by this date, and I'll die at some point in the future. It's it's linear. But when I look at that picture, that's the way I see God looking. He's like, I see the 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 beginning, the end, the Mm -hmm. whole package all together, and he's called it good. Yeah. And so even if in my linear walking, I trip, he still got me. I didn't fall out of his Mm -hmm. hand. I'm Mm -hmm. not lost out here somewhere. Like he's right there. That's right. Watching me, taking care of me, leading me, guiding me. Awesome. I love that. I love that. And I just, you know, I liked the scriptures that talk about him knowing me before I was born, knowing my children before they were born, you know, before they were a figment of my own imagination, you know, they were in his heart. And, uh, And that just, wow. And I love Paul's story. He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. You know, Paul, he, this was planned before the beginning of time that he would be the apostle of grace and write two-thirds of the New Testament, right? And yet he was persecuting Christians. He called himself, you know, a a vile, insolent person, mm-hmm. and uh, when it pleased God, he called him, and and he called him on, on the road to Damascus, and he called him by name, mm-hmm. right? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And it says that in, in Acts 26, when Paul is retelling the story, he says that Jesus called, called him, he was sending him to open the eyes of people who were like him, who had been blind and in the dark. And he said to lead them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God. Mm -hmm. So God knew. He saw Paul's life as a circle, right? Right. He knew the beginning from the end. He knew what he was going to do. And uh, I love that. And I think that's helpful for us, too, with no matter what people we're dealing with, whether it's kids Mm -hmm. or family or whatever, um, like, I always say, hey, if he got Paul, he can get anybody. That's right. I mean, because right. he was literally out killing people that believed in Jesus. Right. And so, right. I mean, like, this was malicious. This was, um, like, calculated. And right. he wanted to. I mean, like, he was wanting. So even the worst of what we might come upon, like, he he called Paul and he changed Paul from the inside out. Like, a radical yeah. turnaround and go the opposite direction and so if he can do that for Paul, I mean, I felt like he did it for me, too. He can do it for anybody. So nobody's yeah. without hope. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me your salvation story. What's your testimony? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I think, you know, I was 
grew up in a Baptist church. And so I said the words a long time ago. Um, and so in my mind, I remember in second grade, so, you know, the church would give you little tracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so my brother was three years younger than me, and I was I was about eight years old. And I read the tract, you know, and it takes you through the whole thing. And so every night I would read it just in case God would forget. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, like that was all I could understand at that moment. And so then, um, like, we were away from the church for a really long time. You know, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, we just didn't go. And um, so around 20 or so, I started going with a boyfriend that I had. And, you know, it was familiar, but, like, I didn't have a relationship. So you are going to church with I a was, boyfriend. Yeah, I was going mm-hmm. with a boyfriend. And it was still my home church. Like, I had been there before, and then we left and came back. And um, and so, like, it, like, like, I had all the all the looks of being, but like I, like on the inside, like he was this far off God who didn't really care about me. Like I've gotten into heaven because I said the words and that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens on earth happens on earth. He he's not involved with this, any of that. Yeah. And so I kind of lived that way for a long time. And then I had some people introduce me to the word of faith kind of gospel. And mm-hmm. so I really gravitated towards that because it was a lot of word and, you know, something I had not done, just kind of pouring into the word, which was all great. The only problem with that is that it it was still all about me mm-hmm. and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Did I pray enough? Did I confess enough? Did I, pray, you know, um, speak over the kids enough? Did I tithe enough did a work enough and so that was still all about me so even like I think he was with me the whole time it's mm-hmm. just I didn't have a relationship not intimate for sure right. um and it wasn't literally until that moment like I had heard some grace stuff a little bit here and there and then I was doing a little bible study with these ladies and I remember there was a gal in there and um she had told me she said you know this whole message that I grew up with she was like, I remember people talking about being willing to give their life for it. She was like, there is nothing that I've read up to this point that's would I would give my life for. And I remember her saying that, but she said, once I found grace, um, like I would die for that message. And I'm like, you know, I'm t- I'm just yeah. t- you know taking all these things in. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. And what I didn't know is most of the ladies in this group they had known grace for years. I mean, mm-hmm. years, and they're letting me lead this group. I had no clue. <laughs> and so, like, they just let me process through. And I I believe I was saved all that time, but it wasn't until that moment in 2018 that I had a real radical encounter with Jesus himself. Yeah. And from that moment, changed. Like, I I literally a different human being. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think he was with me the whole time because he's leading and guiding to get me to that point. Right. But that was the moment that I would say. I have a real relationship mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a, a a study on a very short study. Not a, I didn't like you know write a research paper on it or anything, but on the ox goad <laughs> that um, that Jesus referred to when uh, when he said uh, to Paul that it's difficult to kick against the goads. Mm-hmm. And one version, the New Living, says, it's useless for you to fight against my will. Mm-hmm. So they just put the interpretation on there. Right. But the goad, um, it's like the ox. Like Jesus was likening Paul to an ox, and he kept wanting to go his own way. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the goad is a, is a prod, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it's, it's actually painful. Um, but kicking against it actually only hurts yourself. Right. And so the ox would kick up against the goad, but actually kick himself, you know. Uh-huh. And um, But it's just useless. It's useless. Like, and, and that wasn't the first time that Jesus was trying to lead Paul. I mean, just by virtue of, of, of the picture that he gave. Right, right. He's like, you know, it's useless for you to fight against my will. <laughs> and you, the most famous anti-Christian person right. are now going to be the most famous preacher of grace. Right. Isn't that amazing? I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so like you said, the you foolishness know. of the world. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean that yeah. it, like I like, I don't know. I tend to be an underdog. Um, yeah. Like I'm for the underdog consistently, definitely a younger brother fan. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> it's like, cause you, when you see somebody so far off track, and then God come in and just work a literal miracle. I yeah. mean, it just, it brings back, I mean, it just creates so much belief and hope on the mm-hmm. inside of me when mm-hmm. I see that 
person after person, he's like, nobody's too far gone. Like, I've got them. Yeah. You can't kick against the goat. I'm going to get you. <laughs> right, right. And I'm thinking of another person, Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the story of Peter. You know, he's the one that betrayed Jesus, right? And then there's a lot of stories about Peter that are just great. But um, at the Last Supper, you know, I mean, Peter's just like, I would, I would die for you, you know, and, and, and Jesus said, well, you're going to betray me, you know, before the cock crows three times, or you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Um, but he, but before he said that, he said, um, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. I love the next thing that Jesus says. He says, but I have prayed for you. Yeah, Luke 22, verse 31, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed that your faith should not fail. Mm -hmm. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And he sure did. He's, uh, you know, Jesus, the Father revealed the identity of Jesus to Peter. Mm -hmm. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And he says, on this rock I will build my church. Of course, Peter, you know, he changed his name to Little Rock, and then Big Rock is the rock that, you know, right. that Jesus would build his church on, which which is, in the context, the revelation of Jesus. Right. The, the, what, what is the, the church built on? The ecclesia. Mm-hmm. It is built or the, excuse me, the ecclesia, is built on the revelation of Jesus, right. who is the manifestation of the Father. So we get to know who God is, mm-hmm. what he's like. Yes. Last week, I just, uh, that term intimate is what I woke up with. And uh, intimate, intimacy, intimate friendship and this is the scripture that came to my mind, and this is Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen out of the message. The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I just had a little flood of thoughts that I wrote down, and I didn't uh, take the time to copy and paste all the scriptures in here, but I knew them. I just knew them by heart. And and I, I, I just thought, i got to get this out while it's flowing. But I wrote, when I think of grace, I think of Jesus. Jesus is grace. When I think of love, I think of the Father's love. God is love. When I think of intimate friendship, I think of the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit, and he who worships him must worship in spirit and in truth. And in Philippians 3, it speaks of the true circumcision. Colossians 2 speaks of the circumcision of the flesh. And this is what I call the cross. It's like a knife that cut away the old nature. And sin then no longer defined us now we are defined by the Spirit. We're, we're, we're joined to the Lord. So the true circumcision is a cutting away of that old identity, mm-hmm. that old, old nature. And therefore, we, we worship him in spirit and in, in truth. Jesus is grace and truth. Truth is the real, the manifested. That's the definition of the word. Jesus is the manifestation of God. Jesus is revealed to us by the Spirit. Is Jesus sitting here right now in the flesh? No. no. But he is here with us. Right. His presence, the presence, is invisible. Mm-hmm. But we can see him in our, in our hearts, face to face. The Spirit testifies of Jesus to us. We are made alive by the Spirit. We are washed once for all. These are the verb tenses or Aorist verb tense, right? Washed, sanctified, justified by the Spirit. The Spirit testifies that we have been made perfect forever and that God will never remember our sins. Hebrews 10. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's, the, that's the witness of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus abides in us by the Spirit. So when we say Jesus is in my heart, you know, that might be kind of hard for children to understand, like a man, right. you know, a little man. <laughs> you know, no, it's by, by his Spirit. We are in the Spirit, not in the flesh, if the Spirit of God dwells in us and we are joined to God by the Spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one Spirit with Him. And that word joined, to glue, fasten, uh, firmly together, to submit. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing nothing can tear us apart. Nothing and no one can snatch us out of the Father's hand or out of Jesus' hand. And uh, I'm just going to read this, I guess. I don't want to read too much, but um, I just feel like when the Word of God is read, it's powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So it's worth taking the time. I has not seen... Oh, I want to stop. Before I read this, I want you to realize the word things is in this passage 10 times in the New King James. Hmm. 10 times, the word things. And I want you all to tell me what you think he's referring to. Okay. It's not a test, but just <laughs> as, the, as the Spirit leads. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them, unveiled them, to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. So that the Spirit's been given to us so we can know those things. Mm-hmm. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who judges, he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What do y'all? I, I've got an idea about what I think the things are. I would say the things are the benefits of the cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Righteousness, holiness, mm-hmm. healing, provision. Those are the things right. that yeah. I can look at the things of this world mm-hmm. and know that they have no meaning for me in my life. And there's no way to build a home. I can't build anything on these things yeah. of the world. Right. But in the hope found in Jesus from the cross mm-hmm. and the resurrection life that is my inheritance, mm-hmm. those are the things that can be revealed to me. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, uh, the the spiritual discernment that you have to have to actually understand grace grace doesn't make sense to the natural mind does it no you're supposed to pay for what you've done exactly you should get the things you deserve right whether good or bad right right (laughs) it takes the holy spirit to help us to receive grace and to understand grace it's a it's something we have to spiritually understand Mm -hmm. i don't know about you guys but i always grew up with the saying people say you do your part and god will do his part right Mm -hmm. but it takes grace to understand he did my part and his part. Yeah. I don't have a part. Right. Yeah, the righteousness of God is something that we have to receive from faith to faith, like every day, mm-hmm. because everything is in, in the flesh and in the natural is going to tell us that we don't deserve it, that we aren't right. righteous. Right. So we got to be reminded all the time. But yeah, I agree with you that um, I, I say it in a nutshell, Romans five seventeen, that um, that it is you know receiving the things of the Spirit is receiving the abundance of grace, the, the free, free gift, gift of, of righteousness, of His right. righteousness, and and to me everything else is in that you know yes. you know seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So mm-hmm. the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yes. So. 
Uh, we are led by the Spirit, and I have scriptures for all of this, but I, just, I was just, you know, can we segment and say this part, I don't need the Holy Spirit, this part, I can wing it on my own. <laughs> Not if you want a good result. <laughs> well, and, it, and it, it got me to thinking, like, how pervasive this heavenly reality is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can be in my experience. Mm-hmm. So we are led by the Spirit. We are prompted by the Spirit. We are compelled by the Spirit, governed by the Spirit, taught by the Spirit, live by the Spirit. We utter mysteries by the Spirit. We're transformed by the Spirit. And we're love letters to the world written by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The note that I had written down beside this was um, a lot of times people think that the Holy Spirit is pointing the accusing finger and the condemning finger at Mm -hmm. you and telling you how wrong you are. But when you look at this list, this is not a list of things you're doing wrong. This is all what he's doing for you. And so I wrote, like, what a good friend that will point or um, he's not pointing an accusing finger at us, but then for us being friends to other people, like what a gift is it to them not to point the finger at them because the Holy Spirit's not pointing at us, right? not to point the finger at them, but to point them to Jesus. Yeah. Where he can then make that transformation on the inside of them. Yeah. Amen. Good to go along with that. I love back in when we were talking about second Corinthians there, 13, 14 in the message, it says the spirit, testifies of Jesus to us. Yes. I think that's from John, John 15, 26. Um, But uh, it testifies, it's a legal term Mm -hmm. and it's a witness. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, what about this person? What about Marianne? Mm -hmm. And the spirit is saying, she's covered in the righteousness of Jesus. Yes. That's what he, that's his expert. Our advocate. Yes. Yes. And we have a friend and he is does a side job of being an expert witness in certain trials. Um, and I, I'm always reminded of the legal, like that is the expert witness. Yes. He is called to be the ultimate authority on this topic. Yeah. And of righteousness, he's going to testify to Jesus. And so when somebody says, questions my righteousness, the spirit is going to say, she's covered by Jesus. Well, and, and we know that, that Jesus in John 16 talked about the reason the Holy Spirit would be sent. And it's to remember the word convict. Yes. Right. Convict the world of sin, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Yes. And so a lot of people have taken that to mean that the Holy Spirit is the long bony finger from heaven pointing right. out our sins, right? Exactly. right? Yes. Yeah. He convicted me of that sin. Yes. I mean, and that is um, that is so common that mm-hmm. 99% of the body of Christ believes yes. when they have feel guilty about something that the Holy Spirit is convicting them. Yes. But what he convicts you of is your righteousness in Jesus. Right. Yes. yes. And yes. of course, he parses it yes. out. Jesus does. He said of sin. Because, because the world's sin, capital, mm-hmm. sin of unbelief. Right. right. The believer he convicts of their righteousness. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and, he, and he speaks to, the, to his followers there, yes. right? Yes. And, and he says, um, because I, you'll see me no more. In other words, I won't be here. Mm-hmm. To keep reminding you of this truth. And and so when the Holy Spirit is going to be sent to convince you as in a court of law that you are righteous with my righteousness. Absolutely. It's not, a, not your own righteousness, which is from the law. Right. But of, a, of an eternal righteousness that you can never lose, no right. matter what. Right. And... And therefore, and I write about this in Unveiling Jesus, that we aren't talking, we're not saying... Obviously, we say it all the time. Sin is not okay. Okay, right, right, we're not yes. right. saying that that God is putting a stamp of approval on sin in our lives, but it's from that point, that place of righteousness, of uh, the unfairness of this great exchange, that the first thing that we do is not beg for forgiveness when we know we've sinned, mm-hmm. but we we are in a posture of humility and thanksgiving for what He has done. Right. Right. It's it's very different than the perspective of I have fallen away from God and mm-hmm. I've got to work my way back. Mm-hmm. Right. The experience of and Brandy was talking about it, just kind of like losing your temper with your children mm-hmm. and the experience of being able to instead of condemning yourself 
and just living with that shame, mm-hmm. right? To be able to just worship in thankfulness, it, it's just such a different experience. Mm-hmm. And and exactly on the flat in the in the worldly view, I lost my temper with my right. children, right? And now we're getting it back together, so to speak. Yes. But one is I can live in shame and condemnation on like why am I such a bad mom, and on the other side I can just be like. Jesus, thank you so much that you're so good. Right. Amen. That you called me by name and that you're here with me Amen. and that you're not counting my sin against me. Mm-hmm. And that right. enables me to go be a much better mom. That's right. It enables yeah. me to go sit with my children and say, Yeah, guys, you know what? Yeah. It's been a hard week and mom really lost her temper then and yeah. we need a good night's sleep and I am so sorry. And my children say, We forgive you, Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a beautiful Grace of Jesus changes our lives, and I think we're in our testaments that in such small and intimate ways mm-hmm. that are so seismic. I mean, like just catastrophically yes. different. I can't tell you how different they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and it's in such tiny and small, intimate ways. Yes. Amen. When I look at it, um, you talked about humility. You, you know, you have a sin, you blew up, whatever. Like, I I will say this to myself. Like, Jesus, you knew this day was going to take place. You knew this exact moment was going to happen. You knew I was going to lose my temper. You knew I was going to be a bad example, whatever. And then then I say to myself, and you nailed this to the cross, too. Yeah, that's like, right. That's where I can say I'm not making light of the sin that just occurred. I'm making huge of what Jesus, Jesus did. Done. Right, that's yes. right. A long time ago, which propelled into the future and took care of that day. And so then I can stop and say, thank you for the sacrifice that you made on that day for this day. Yes. yes. And that's yes. where it's not about me anymore. It's about what he accomplished right. and what Absolutely. he did. And it does. It just radically changes everything on the inside because you you see what a sacrifice that was made yes, and what he paid for it, which just makes you celebrate him that much more Absolutely. and not ever want to do that again. Absolutely. You know, this perspective that we have of uh, nothing can separate us. Obviously, we, we, we kind of call we have one word for, for all this. We call it grace, right. Right? right? But grace is Jesus. This, and it's that perspective that he is central. He is the center. Right. Not us. Right. You know, by the law, you know, the law shuts every mouth and, and, and accuses, right? And it, by the law is the knowledge of sin. Mm-hmm. But... When we're under grace, we have consciousness of Jesus and awareness of Jesus. Absolutely. It's not the knowledge of sin. It's the knowledge of his perfect work. Right. Right. So forget about me, you know, <laughs> yes. turn my yes. eyes to Jesus. Right. And then that just that flood of unconditional love. And um, it's, it's the thing that says you can get back up. You can dust yourself off. You, you can keep moving forward as if that never happened, at least as far as God's concerned. Right. As far as people are concerned, sometimes we have to go and confess our sins right. one to another that we might be healed. Right. Sometimes we have to grab our kids and say, you know, I, I remember one time, <laughs> I, one of my favorite things in my kitchen is this, uh, Aunt Claire painted this uh, watercolor and these words, you're a good mother. Oh. And it's just real pretty. It's got the frames real pretty, got stones all over it. And uh, what she's referring to, and she's now 31 years old, but uh, she is referring to when my third, she's my second child, when my third child was born, uh, she was 20 months old and Martha Ellen was three and a half. So that when Francis was born, that was the, they were all 20 months apart. And with Francis, my third child, I had a C-section. And uh, I, I got I got a, a kidney infection, and I was very sick. And about a week into being home, uh, you know, it was, I think it might have been the first time that Mark left the house. And my mom, who was always there when these babies were born, uh, for some reason she wasn't there. It was the first time I was left mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. 
And I had, at the time, a rainbow vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that I is? I do know what that is. And uh, that thing was so much trouble. <laughs> I hated to vacuum. <laughs> Don't tell Mark. He bought it for me. Anyway, <laughs> Christmas or birthday or something, I get this really expensive vacuum cleaner because I was a mother with all these little children. And uh, anyway, um, I had to use it that day. And get out of the bed because while I was conked out sleeping, my 20-month-old Aunt Claire took the baby powder and <gasps> threw it all <laughs> over everything. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is going to be so much trouble to clean up. And uh, I remember I, I was just, I look. I don't yell at my kids as a as a natural. I mean, that's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have my other things, but uh, but I don't know. I'm sure I yelled. I must have yelled. And Aunt Claire did not talk much, and she sucked on her fingers and did this kind of hook 'em horns thing, mm-hmm. and she was just constantly sucking on those fingers. And and I, I I felt so bad about you know getting angry with her, and I grabbed her and I put her in my arms. I'm laying on the bed with her, and she's looking up at me, and and she really. She didn't count until she could count to 10. Like, you, you just didn't even hear words come out of her mouth. But she pulled those, as I'm apologizing, it's like I'm talking to a grown-up. I'm thinking, she doesn't understand a word I'm saying. You know, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. And and then at a certain point, she pulls those fingers out of her mouth, and she goes, you're a good mother. <laughs> and then she sticks Aww. them back in her mouth and starts sucking on them again. So we have had that joke, and I love that reminder. Because we, all of us have made mistakes with our kids. And as moms, boy, you can have some regrets, can't you? But um, I look at that and I think, you know, in God's eyes, and my, our kids do love us unconditionally. They do. They're forgiving. But in God's eyes, you know, I, I, can, I can forget those things. Mm-hmm. And, and I can know that even, even if I wasn't a believer even if I'd done horrible things, you know what? That's not too big for God, right? Yes. He can restore better than before. Yes. He can fix it as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter how old we are either. Mm-hmm. You know, I've ministered to people in their 60s and 70s who carried around guilt and shame mm-hmm. and pain from abuse. And uh, God can heal at any moment, any time. Mm-hmm. So why don't we pray for that? Y'all want to pray for that? Yeah. And pray for intimacy. And um, I tell you what, I'll start, and y'all just pray as you feel led. Um, okay. oh, Father, you are the Father who loves us unconditionally. You are the Father who sees beyond the flesh. You are the Father who knew us before we were born. You knew us from the foundation of the world, and you chose us. Chose us. Jesus, you are our good shepherd. You know us by name. You reveal who God is so that we don't have to be afraid. We can call him Abba, use intimate terms. Holy Spirit, intimacy is who you are. You witness that we belong to God, that we are heirs of everything that God has and everything that God is. There's nothing we could do to flee from your presence, even if we tried. You hem us in. Lord Jesus, you are Yahweh. You are the God who is, who was, and who is to come. 
You are there in our past. You were always with us. You know what happened. You know the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you knew, you saw the circle of our lives, and you knew how it was all going to turn out. Because you went ahead of us into the future. You have paved a way for us. And by your Spirit, you have come back to the present to guide us, to lead us, to take us into the great destiny that you have for us. And to never leave us, not for a moment, but to speak to us through wisdom, as a sister, Proverbs says, as a best friend. You stick closer than a brother. And you give us the peace that passes understanding. We experience extravagant love through your Spirit, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are the fellowship with God that we always have, no matter what's going on around us, no matter if we are backing out of the driveway and hit a car or start our day wrong, uh, you are there with us and you give us the ability to come out of anxiety after we lose our temper after we fail again and again and again, you're still with us. Thank you that your arm is as long as my wandering. Your hand holds me, and you never let me go. And I say all this in first person, but Lord, I know that this is the truth for every single one of us. Your desire for every single one of us is for everyone to feel like we are the favorite. I'm your favorite. Right now, I'm your favorite. (laughs) And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you that you are, by nature, a redeemer and a restorer. And that's who you are, Lord. Lord, that your heart is for making ways and wastelands, Mm. streams and deserts, that you, Lord, um, there's no dry bones that are too too dead that you cannot bring fully back to life, Lord. That there's no child or no family member or friend or spouse, Lord, that is too far gone that you cannot call them back home, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now for anyone who has news, a relationship, anything going on in their life, Lord, that the world would say it's too far gone. And Lord, I just pray for that person right now that they would feel hope from you bubbling up inside of them, that they would feel their faith rise, that they would be able to look and know, Lord, that when people say things are too far gone, that you say that's not true, that you are a redeemer and a restorer, just like that they would feel hope like a stream bursting forth out of the desert, coming forth. In your precious name we pray. Yes. Amen. Father God, in Romans 5, 5, it says that you have poured out your love on us. And I paint the picture for everyone listening of you picture a little one who's gotten a bowl of cereal Mm -hmm. and they put the cereal in and then you are the parent there with the milk pouring the milk into the bowl for them but you don't just stop when it's almost full you keep pouring and you keep pouring and you keep pouring until that milk is overflowing the bowl it's overflowing the cereal it's running on the table it's Mm -hmm. getting on the kid it's getting on the floor and just let that picture be what 
every person listening to this sees as how much you love them. Yeah. That, like Marianne said, no one is too far gone That's right. for you to not come find them. You left the 99 to find That's the one. Right. Let everyone know that you that that they are valuable to you and that you will go find them Amen. no matter what that's right that your love is so big and it is so powerful that it can literally transform Thank any you. person any situation any circumstance that that they might be facing right now your love is bigger let them grab hold of how big you are, how good you are, and how much you love them. And you are not giving up. You're not quitting. You haven't left them. You haven't mm-hmm. forsaken them. You are for them, and you are fighting for them. Mm-hmm. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A Real View is brought to you by Parisia, a ministry devoted to boldly sharing the gospel of God's grace freely offered to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Visit ParisiaMinistries.com for teachings and testimonies, as well as information on how you can order Trisha Gunn's highly acclaimed book, Unveiling Jesus, a verse-by-verse foundation of the message of grace. This show is made possible by the generous financial support of people like you who love this message of grace. Your tax-deductible gift to Parisia is greatly appreciated. 